0: Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Dennis Kozlov. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. Wait for it. Good morning, church. Yay! (laughs) Uh, I love being here. Worship is so good here, man ooh so good preaching is good too right (laughs) but worship is so good hey last sunday neil and i were worshiping here and uh it's not a sermon yet it's me warming up uh neil and i are standing there and i i'm telling you when you worship and when you learn to abandon yourself and just give yourself to worship jesus angels come stuff begins to happen healings happen Neil and I are worshiping, and I, be, I had it in Russia before several times in different meetings when people really had a great worship night, There was a visitation night, I would say. There was a strong smell of anointing oil that has this, how do you call it, frankens? frankens? Yeah, I, I experienced that in Russia before, and we were worshiping here. I said, And all of a sudden, I feel this smell spreading like crazy over there. I bumped Neil. I said, Neil, do you smell that? He said, What? I said, This anointing oil. He says, Yeah, yeah. I said, Lord Jesus. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Those things are hard to explain, but please press into that. Expect that when you worship Jesus, the Bible, what you read in the Bible, that's for real. That's not just a story about God, that's for you to experience. That's why I love this. Oh, speaker. I love this speaker, Dennis Kuzl. <laughs> yeah <laughs> joining god and it's based on this book experiencing god because we don't w- want to know about god we want to know god experientially right i have a little bit of a rough voice i got this uh, cold and i was fighting it last night and i think i won because i'm here my voice is a little rough but it gives me more masculinity right so I, I sound more like a pentecostal preacher or something like that okay Okay, all right, enough, enough joking, Dennis. Come on, get serious. Yes, sir. Okay, my message is called, how did we call it, Wes? Oh, Wes forgot, senior moment, right. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I had a debate whether to call it God always works in your life. these are in the in front of you. Please take one. It's the seven steps, yeah. I love hecklers. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I wanted to call God always at work in your life or God always works in your life. Or another version would be, you remember the song that we often sing? He never stops working. He never stops. He never stops working. Just remember, next time you sing this song, that's the message that I'm trying to convey to you. That's the simple as that. And another thing, it's kind of a housekeeping note. Neil and I, we're really striving... To simplify our messages to the one main point, we want to learn to preach every message so there is just one main point that you carry with you. Otherwise, you won't remember it. That's how we're designed. But there is much more in that book, so I would encourage you to buy that book uh, by Blackaby, Experiencing God. Buy the latest edition because he's been editing that and uh, printing it for last. 20 years or so i I read it 20 years ago for the first time and there's a lot of stuff there to study and to glean from but today i want to impress you with just one this one point i want to tackle this unbiblical belief that majority of christians subscribe to and this belief restrains you and me because i subconsciously subscribe to this unbiblical belief too and this unbiblical belief is that the opposite of the title of this message. Most Christians believe subconsciously that God is not always at work in their life. They have, uh, yeah, <laughs> I understand they hear nice sermons and they, 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 they know in their head that yes, God always works. But if they're honest, if they're brutally honest and they look at their life, they realize they have special pockets of time and space where, when they make an opportunity for God to visit. But in between, they basically run their life and they try to build a godly habits. They try to run their life by the book and they try to do all the right things. But basically, it's them running their life and it's reinforced by life experiences to an extent that not only they do not see any significant activity of God in their daily living they do not even anticipate it i'm talking about you right now i'm talking about me right now i mean be honest we're super excited here on sunday i want to see you on wednesday night you might be a little different than I'm, I know you here, and I might be a little different. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm not going to be harsh on you today, especially with this rough voice, because you might be traumatized. I don't want that. The truth is opposite. The truth, and I, I want you to to really take an effort to establish this truth in you. The truth is opposite to this belief and it needs to be established in us that god is always 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 at work in your life god i I, I don't know how many times i will say that tonight i mean today but i will i will be like a broken record because i want you to leave this place with this with, with with this this thought and by the way english is not my native language for those of for those of you who are new i'm from russia so God speaks to you with Russian accent today. <laughs> I want you to leave and tomorrow, Monday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, whatever you're doing, you will catch yourself doing or thinking whatever and you would realize, I live right now like God is not real. I run my own life right now. You would deliberately stop and say, No whatever your name is, like Jack or Bob or Dennis, you would say, Dennis, stop. God is real. He's at work right now. I don't see it. I don't feel it. But the truth is he's, he's at work right now. God is at work all the time in your life. In every area of your life, your work with your coworkers, you might feel it's the most ungodly place that you can find in Springfield. Your working place. So there is not even a smell of God there. Let me tell you something. God is at work in that place. And not only so. How do I know that he sent you there for a reason? You are there for a reason. You have a family members that you have difficulties with. God is at work in their lives. And He connected you and them for a reason. God is at work in your life always. How do I know that? Listen, I know that from Jesus. And you will know it from Jesus today. So, right now, God is working all around you. And one of the greatest tragedies among God's people is that even though they long to experience Him, they do not know how to recognize Him at work in their midst. And this series, this series of messages is designed to change that. We want to become a church of crazy people who not only know about God, but who learn to experience God and bring this experiential knowledge to wherever they go. We want to be people who not only know as a theory that God is working in our life, but learn to recognize Him and join Him. And then it becomes manifest that's how it works remember abiding and bearing fruit remember the word bear fruit meaning basically to publish something that is real but unknown okay i'll I'll develop that later for you you're not ready for that yet just kidding so once again i'll state god is always working around you how do i know it jesus reveals it. jesus is the best model of how to live and experience god on a daily basis can I hear an amen to that? I'll say it again. Jesus is the best model to learn from how to live by God's presence, how to experience God on a daily basis, and how to manifest this reality into this world. Amen? I want you to know about, God, uh, about Jesus that he truly is a man. He's not just deity. He is a true, genuine man. I'm scheduled to preach this coming Christmas, and I'm going to be preaching on incarnation. It will be awesome. Just wait for it. It will be awesome. Because God became man. He brought all of man into one human being. He brought man into God. He brought God into man so that he can bring man into God. Isn't that cool? That's the gospel. But when he became a man, he became a genuine, true man. He didn't just put a meat sack to pretend he's a man. He became a genuine man, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And listen to that. Every single miracle that Jesus has done, he has done as a man. I remember when I became a Christian, I read a book and I heard it several times from different people. And they would say, Jesus was a perfect man and perfect God, which is true. But the but the logic they gave me was wrong. They would say, look, you can see his humanity by the fact that he gets tired, he, he gets hungry, he gets weak, he gets lonely. That's man. But when he heals people, that's God. That's not true. That's not biblical. Look at these two verses, Acts 10, 38. Jesus, uh, Peter preaching the gospel to Gentiles in the house of Cornelius. And he tells them about Jesus. And he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth a man the man from a particular location called Nazareth God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and he Jesus went about doing good and healing who were all who were oppressed by the devil for listen God was with him He did those things because God was with him. In other verses, uh, also found in Acts 2.22. That's Peter preaching to people of Israel. And he says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man, a man, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst listen that's a key thing God did through him as you yourself know that's how Jesus did all the things that he's done as a man who walked with God and God was with him and God anointed him with Holy Spirit and power Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I come to you because I recognize that you are a teacher from God. Because no one can do things that you do unless God is with him. When Jesus comes to Israel, he comes to a very interesting country. The nation of Israel is fully based on their identification with God. They believe they are the nation of God in a very special relationship with God called covenant covenantal relationship and they uh do you like my scruffy voice today do I sound masculine I like it <laughs> sorry guys well anyway, let's come back to Israel Jesus comes to Israel and it's a nation based on their identification with God and to do everything by the book by, by the time Jesus comes this whole group of people they claim special relationship with God, they try to build their their life by the book and they have all kinds of schools and branches and schools of thoughts and they have different sects. It feels like today's America. They have Sadducees, they have Pharisees, they have Essenes, they have Zealots, they have this, they have that. And everybody claims they know God. Everybody claims their special relationship with God and their identification with God. They all go by the same book called the Bible. We use the same book. And none of them can do anything that would show God. (laughs) That's us today. I don't want to be that. Do you want to be that? I don't want to be that. And why did I bring it up? I don't remember. There was a point to that. I remember it. So... So Jesus comes and he doesn't care about those differences. And he just reveals God as the father. And he keeps saying and doing offensive things. Not on purpose. He's not trying to offend them on purpose. But he says things that offend them. And then he does things things that offend them but they cannot deny it for example he heals the paralytic or he raises the dead how do you argue with that it's really hard to argue with success really hard like you start a little burger place i start a little burger place you go out of business i sell a lot of burgers and i make a lot of money and you start a seminar how to become a successful businessman nobody gonna come to you So here all these guys are talking about God this, God that. We understand God better than these guys. No, we understand God better than And here comes Jesus. You want to be healed? Yes, but. Uh, that's the story I'm going to read. That's a classic line of all, all the Christians today. Do you want to receive from God today? Yes, but. I think Neil did a message on that. You know. Do you believe that God is so, so good to you? He wants to lavishly, outlandishly pour out His blessings into your life yes but you know nothing good comes out of Amen. this brother needs to Yo, okay okay all right okay let's get to the i'll get focused i promise i'll get focused okay john 5 1 through 17 i'm gonna read this Typical story. There are many stories like that in the New Testament. When Jesus comes and he speaks and he does something, and the only people that get offended are religious folks. And all the rest of the people who are not very religious, they receive a blessing of God. So let's read one of those stories. John 5, 1 through 17. And why do we turn there? Because Jesus is our model. Jesus our model how to experience God and how to manifest God into this world. And Jesus claims that he sees God working all the time. That's my main point today, and I'll keep repeating it throughout this message. So let's read John 5, 1 through 17. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the ship gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades in these lay a multitude of invalids blind lame and paralyzed one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years which translation we use asv yeah right in, in most of the tra- uh, in king james in verse 4 it, it, it has a story about an angel for sometimes an angel of the lord would come stir up waters and whoever gets into this water first would get healed in most modern translation this verse is omitted We're not going to be distracted by that. That's not the main point. Let's go to the main point. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Maybe that's what Jesus is asking you today. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be married? Do you want to have a kid that you're trying to have but you can't? Do you want? What do you want? And the guy answers to Jesus. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have, yes, but... Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. So, you see what this guy is believing. He believes what most Christians believe. Yes, God, God acts, He works. But He works every once in a while in a sporadic manner, and those moments are f- far in between. How do you say that? Few and far in between. So in between is my life. Here I am paralyzed. And he just did something right there, but I didn't have a chance to get there. And he's about to do something right here, but I don't think I'm going to have a chance to get there. And it sounds and it feels like I'm doomed to stay where I am. And some of you feel like that. And that's a lie. And Jesus is asking you, do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be set free from your depression? Yes, but yes, but ooh, Parker doesn't like the story. <laughs> Sorry, Parker. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus said to him, Let's, "So he gives all these reasons why he cannot be healed." he would like to but he cannot be and jesus said to him as simple as that get up take up your bed and walk and at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked so jesus just broke his theology he didn't care about this angel thing about this pool about stirring the water he just he doesn't play by those rules he doesn't play that game he said do you want to be healed be healed right now. Get up and walk. Now, the, now that was the day. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed. It is the Sabbath. And it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them. But the, the man who healed me. He, the man said to me take up your bed and walk. So I'm just doing what I'm told. They asked him. Who is the man who said that to you? Take up your bed and walk. That's not lawful. That's violation of Sabbath. That's not biblical. That's bad. That's wrong. That's sinful. That's all religion does, by the way. They get angry and they accuse you. They point to your shortcomings and wrongdoings and sins and whatever. That's all religion does. It can't heal you. It can't bless you. It can't restore you. It can't just tell you how sinful you are. You know what i don't appreciate preachers that all they do they do that they point to your shortcomings they blame you they accuse you stay away from those and if you see anyone around this church let me know i'll kick them out (laughs) seriously we we don't want that here it doesn't help people it only ruins well anyway so they, they they give this man a hard time they said like how come you're violating sabbath da 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 he said i'm just doing what i'm told by the man who healed me now the man who had been healed did not know who it was for jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place afterward jesus found him in the temple and said to him see you are well (laughs) sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you so jesus wants you well even when he talks to you about sins the reason he talks to you about it and that's him talking to you about it not other people and when he talks to you about it he shows you hey how does it feel to be well do you like it hey do some sit-ups can you do sit-ups yeah can you do stretches yeah can you run for me oh yeah does it feel great yeah now you can work you can get married you can have normal life you can it's amazing right right so please just stay like that be well i want you to be well so don't ruin your life by all kinds of sinful things. Just, just stay in this wellness because that's what I want for you. So he said, you're well now. Sin no more. The man went away and told, told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And listen to that. Again, religion. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. These guys just can't be happy. But Jesus answered to them. Here's Jesus' answer to religious folks that criticized him. He said, my father is working until now, and I am working. Some other translations render it as this. My father is still at work. He's still working, and that's why I'm working. You know what, guys? You really need to have a little bit of a background to understand this conversation between religious folks and Jesus. What does it even mean? i told you when jesus came to this earth he was born in israel and most of the israelites they claimed special relationship with god called covenant and the covenant had some signs of the covenant one was circumcision another one was observing the sabbath observing the sabbath was stopping any kind of work on one day of the week basically ceasing from any work what's work any purposeful intentional productive activity that brings forth some good why would they do that as i told you they identified with god they said we are special people of god we have certain level of oneness with god and sabbath is a way to identify ourselves with god because god created the world and everything in it in six days and on the sabbath he rested So we basically, we reenact what God has done in the past. We wear our dirty overalls and we work hard six days a week. But on the seventh day, we take this working clothes off and we put on the nicest clothes we have. We might be eating ramen noodles for six weeks, but on the seventh day, we have steak. And we deliberately purposefully intentionally do not do anything that would benefit us we just enjoy life with god that's original design for sabbath and that's good for us to understand actually over the years religion turned it into a hard toil there was a list of things that you need to observe to make sure you don't violate the holy day called sabbath but that's not what i want you to understand and it was a good thing Sabbath was a good thing it was also an act of trusting God because in agricultural society there is a season when you don't stop working you can lose all of your money all of your income when it's harvest time you don't start working so it was an act of trusting God on the seventh day even if it's a harvest time i stop and i trust my finances to God too it's good but listen their thing their thinking was We're identifying with God. We are reenacting God's action of the past. And that's how we show our oneness with God. And Jesus said, no, you got it wrong. I'm reenacting what God is doing. But here's what I'm telling you. For you, he's just God. For me, he's my loving father. And I see him doing things. And what I see him doing, I do that's what made them mad because he claimed special close relationship with god but the problem was they couldn't argue with that because they couldn't heal the sick they couldn't like make 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 blind people see so all their talk was talk but his talk was realized in physical reality do you see that So they would reenact what God has done in the past and Jesus said I'm doing the same thing but I'm just reenacting what God is doing in the present and I'm telling you God is still working you think that God is working for six days and then he takes a break he said no he doesn't how do I know it I know it if you don't believe my words believe my works he says these are the works that he does all right I got this point across I hope Let me see what my notes say here. So, guys, I don't want us to be a synagogue. I don't want us just to talk about what God has done in the past. I want us to be able to recognize what God is doing in the present and joining Him. You know, I don't want us to build theology of our past experiences with God, although they were wonderful. For example, this brother shared he had a wonderful experience with God. If he lives for the rest of his life based on that and doesn't have fresh revelations, stay away from him, brother. You will be toxic if you stay with the old things. With they're awesome, but God has so much more in front of you. You have no clue. I have no clue what He has in front of me. One time I was I was I participated in revivals, real genuine revivals. And one time. Every time revival happens, after a few years, it kind of subsides and you feel sad about it. So, I come to the place when the revival was taking place and I saw a writing that I wrote on the the wall there. I said, Jesus loves Rostik. Rostik was a man. I liked it. It was an affectionate name to address him. And I started feeling this blue, this, this sadness about the good old times with God was moving and he is not moving now. And immediately, the Spirit of the Lord rebuked me and he said, Don't you dare to think of the past, that it's better than what's coming. Because God is always new and fresh. His mercy is new every morning. So whatever glorious moments you had with God in the past, the best is yet to come. Seriously. So that's why it's so important to see that the model that Jesus was Uh, doing and the model of those folks were doing they were very different they were reenacting what God has been doing in the past Jesus was reenacting what God is doing in the present and that's our model all right okay so I want to establish this God is always at work in my life so the next question that comes and by the way you would say Dennis do you have the moral right to speak like that to us have you ever experienced that yourself? I say yes. I'll be honest with you, I never turned it into my lifestyle, but let me tell you something. I know many of you, I know Neil has experienced that. I know Pastor Lyndon has experienced that. I experienced that. This brother probably experienced that. Every time I tapped into this reality, I've seen the hand of God moving. For example, this guy Nikita, who, who became a member, he got baptized a few years ago. Two years ago, I got a phone call. I, I, got, him, I got his number, and he said, there's a Russian guy in the community, and he wants to meet with you. I met with him. We started talking. We talked about everything. And there was this awkward moment where you kind of talked about everything, and it's about to say bye, but you don't know how to say bye yet. And then he said, oh, I heard you're a pastor. I said, yeah. So i have questions about the bible can you tell me and i was that close to start giving him a lecture about the bible and impress him with how much i know because i know a lot and the spirit of god told me shut up lead him to christ right now offer him to receive jesus right now in this coffee shop at panera bread in the middle of the bright daylight no church service no nothing i said okay okay i'll do that i said nikita Before you can understand the Bible, you really need to receive Jesus into your heart. Because He is the only one who is truly explained the Bible to you. So how do you do that? I said, well, see this empty cup from coffee? You're that. You need to be filled with the Spirit of God. But God won't fill you until he washes you. He can wash you with the blood of Jesus. You need to ask him. He'll do it just like that. Now he's a member here. That's how easy it is. Last week, a uh, uh, couple of years ago, I, I shared your a story before, but I, it's a good story, I think. So I was in the bank. I was standing in line, and a few, there were a few people behind me, and one of them was a man with a kid, 12-year-old kid. And somehow God kept drawing my attention to this man. You know, we, Neil and I, we called it highlighted. You know, God highlights certain people. So, what is this I'm describing to you? I'm describing to you that you register what God is doing in the moment, right now. And you join yourself, and then things begin to happen. And it's not you. You can't take credit for that. All you did, you just recognized something. You recognized a little flame, and you, you, you fan into a flame, and it rekindled, and something began to happen. So, this man is standing behind me. And I just, something about this man. I don't know kept looking at him so it's my turn i do whatever i do there and i go back and i get into my car and i just sense it's the lord i have no clue what it is so i start my car and i said lord what is this what is this about this man in the bank and is it you Mm -hmm. can you be more specific Mm -mm." (laughs) Uh uh-huh i hate that (laughs) so I shut my ignition and I stay and I wait for the guy to come out of the bank the guy comes out of the bank and I step out and I I said sorry guy I'm sorry my man I'm sorry don't think I'm crazy but I'm I believe in God and I believe that sometimes God speaks to me and I think God speaks to me about you and he wants me to pray with you that's the best I could come up with would you mind that He said, I'd love that. (laughs) Okay, okay. So I start praying, God, da-da-da-da-da. What's your name? He gave me his name. I pray for him. And I opened my eyes, and guys, is in tears. And he begins to tell me his story. He said, I was a youth pastor. I was a Christian. I was a youth pastor. And then all of a sudden, I found myself in the middle of the book of Job. All the horrible things that could happen started happening to me one after another, like I got bombarded, my wife got sick, and then she died. I got sick, and then I got to the point of dying. I got into a coma, I was flown to a hospital, I went into a coma, and then I woke up and I was paralyzed. And nobody would visit me. And I was sitting there, and everybody forgot about me. So I don't remember all the details, but it was horrible. It was like reading the book of Job, really. like satan was released into his life and he said i remember right before i started getting better and getting back to normal i started recovering i was laying there in the room of the hospital and the nurse would put in gospel songs for me because she knew i loved those songs about jesus and i was laying there and listening to those songs all along and i thought lord is there anyone that would pray with me now because nobody visits anymore nobody comes and that thought kind of impressed him. And I remember that thought today. Lord, is there anyone who can come and pray with me? And then you come and say, can I pray with you? God told me to pray with you. Do you think God becomes more real to this person? I, I don't have time for stories like that. But I have multiple stories. And when I was getting ready for this message, I thought, Lord, but I'm still not converted that into a lifestyle. Those things are still happening far in between i want to live like that i want it to have as a lifestyle when was the last time i did something like that was it like months ago he said don't worry you did it a couple of weeks ago i said i did he said you did remember and I, i'm telling you it's awesome in the middle of the night my wife is asleep and i have this sense that these people in russia need money and specific amount And a big one, unfortunately, for me. (laughs) Because, like, if it would be a smaller amount, I wouldn't even consult with my wife. But my wife and I, we have an agreement. We don't spend above certain amount without consulting with each other. So I had to wake her up. I said, I'm sorry, Marina. I feel like God put it in my heart to send this amount of money to these people. And, like, I I won't do it without your approval. Well, you believe in God, go ahead and do that. Okay. (laughs) so i do the electronic choir and i can't tell you these guys this is a russian pastor and his wife and a little kid they went to another city and a chain of events happened that they kind of got stuck in a in a different city that they didn't know anyone they only had money for food they didn't have money for lodgings and i said them exactly the amount they needed for the week to stay there to do to be at the conference you I mean, next morning, I take. hey, I send you, I felt the Lord impressed me to send you some money. I've never done it before, by the way. They were screaming on the phone when they called me. They said, this is the Lord. This is awesome. This is exactly what we needed. God becomes real. He begins to manifest himself when you learn to recognize that he's working and you join him. I want every member of this church to become like that. I want us to learn to do that with our words, with our money, with our actions, with our prayers, with everything. So that we don't have those special holy moments of devotional dedication to the Lord. But every moment becomes a holy ground. Right? I'm going to finish this, uh, this passage because Jesus actually explains how he does that. But I kind of already explained that. So let's read, keep on reading John 5, 17, 20. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now. And I am working. That should become your and my motto. My Father is working until now. 2021. Springfield. The state of Ohio. Clark County or Champaign County or whatever Mechanicsburg is. God is working there right now. And that's why you are supposed to be working, right? So so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, verse 19, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. Listen to that. That's the secret of it all. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing. That's why Neil and I, we're like the broken record. We keep telling you about the love of God. And we will never, I don't know about Neil, I hope he will never change. I promise you, I will for the rest of my life, I will be preaching about the love of God. Because this is the only realm that will keep you safe pre-covid could give you luxury of having christianity at your own on demand you just you know go on sunday check give a little money to the church check do a little charity here check and go on with your life this model is not going to sustain itself i went through a collapse of the whole country of the economy soviet union where i was born collapsed economy collapsed all the savings of all the people were gone overnight. I was sitting two years ago at my work <clears throat> and the guys were discussing their 401k and da 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 and how much they make. And I thought, like, these guys cannot even conceive that overnight all their money can be gone like that. Overnight. I've gone through that. So I felt more comfortable when COVID hit. i I was fine because i knew god took care of me through the collapse of the soviet union actually every time something horrible began to happen i would get blessed i suggest you do the same you take this attitude you don't put your trust in the economy in the political system and anything else you put your trust in the goodness of god and when you look yes yes it deserves it it deserves it And when you learn to abide in the goodness of God, you begin to register that good Father, good God is doing something right now and you want to join it. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.